We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. HBO Sports and the NFL Films are partnering with the Detroit Lions for an unfiltered, all-access look at what it takes to make it in the National Football League with Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. This season will chronicle head coach Dan Campbell entering his second season, leading an intriguing mix of young emerging stars and established veterans throughout training camp and the preseason. Hard Knocks will mark the 17th edition of the 18-time Sports Emmy winning series and the most acclaimed serialized sports series on television. Stream the new season now on HBO Max. Hard Knocks, training camp with the Detroit Lions. With the seventh pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Detroit Lions select Panay Sewell, tackle, Oregon. He's going to run it straight in. Jared Goldberg. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. DJ Hawkinson, yes. they did it. They tied it. They're an extra point away from winning this game. Oh, baby, how big is that? Yo, what is going on, guys? Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 245 on the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Tyler. Join me on my two guys, as always, Mr. Malcolm Hart, Pierre. How you boys doing today on this Wednesday afternoon? Man, I'm doing great, Tyler. Malcolm, what's up with you, bro? Woo! How y'all boys doing? I just want to say real quick, Lions country. Let's ride. <laughs> is that your new thing now? Is that something That's you're gonna be using all like, year? I feel like, yeah, I feel like I gotta, I gotta roll with it, man. Lions country, let's ride, man. All right, all right, <laughs> all right. Well, we we got ourselves a very, very special guest joining us. We just said it before our show started a third time, Mister Safety Glover Quinn, who actually has his own podcast now, who is on the Believe Network. Glover, how you doing, my man? Doing good, man. How you guys doing? Good, man. Uh, you want to kind of explain what you're doing, uh, you know, in the podcast world now? Because last time we talked, you weren't doing this. You were doing a YouTube channel at the time. Now you're in the podcast world. Explain to our viewers what you're doing now. Um, You know, kind of just podcasting, just talking football. Um, I got an opportunity to um, collaborate with uh, the Believe Network and, you know, kind of have a podcast, put my thoughts out there, talk about issues or things that's going on and, you know, not have to run it all. You know, when I was doing the YouTube channel, that was just kind of a spur of the moment. It was just kind of COVID sitting in the house like, oh, this right here might be kind of cool. I didn't even think of it as a podcast. It was more so just me on YouTube making videos about how to play football and how to watch football and just things like that. So the regular fan could understand what Tony Romo is talking about when he's, you know, talking football, right? Um, and then it kind of just grew into like, oh, man, this right here may be something, but I didn't have, you know, I didn't have time to run it all like it needed to be ran with, you know, marketing and social media and recording and editing and guests and interviews and shows. And it was just, I needed a break once I finished up the first couple and I was just like, all right, man, I'm doing something different. And so, Took last year. I didn't really do anything last year because I was coaching my son's um, football team. 
so we we had games every week so i was focused on that and uh but they didn't we didn't finish up with that till the week before the, actually the sat the sunday before thanksgiving so that went all the way up until the end of november so this year you know my son's playing middle school football so i'm not coaching and this opportunity came up and i was like you know what all i gotta do is get on and talk football watch some games and see what's going on and yeah, it, it sounds pretty cool. So I started it, and you know, once you kind of get into it, you really start to like feel the vibe and feel the the like. Oh no, it's 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 more than just you know show up and talk. Like I really want to like be in it and live it, and so um, it's cool. I, I like it. I got time for it, so that's what I'm doing. So would you say going into this season is this the most you've been tapped in with the Lions probably since your retirement in 2018? Um, I would say definitely, yeah. You know, because when I first left, obviously, you know, I wasn't a huge, huge fan of, um, you know, Matt Patricia, but I still had a lot of friends that played on the team. So I would tune in to, you know, watch Slay, watch Quandre, watch, you know, Stafford, those guys. But it was also my first year out of the league. So I really wasn't trying to just be gung ho, just football, 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 football. I was kind of like, you know, if my family wanted to do something or if we want the kids want to do something on a Sunday, I wasn't like, no, we can't go because the, the games are on or the lines are playing. Um, and then obviously you had the COVID year in 2020. Um, and that football was all just kind of weird and just kind of a different scenario. Still had some friends on the team. Um, so I would, I would tune in obviously to see what's going on, but I wasn't too, too just plugged into everything. And then last year I was probably, the most out of it with the lines just because my son was like I said my son was playing so I was kind of busy on Sundays but then a lot of my friends were gone too Slay was gone staff was gone you know Quandre was gone so the people that I was kind of tuning in to like watch and make sure and see how they were how they were playing they were all gone and so you know I was kind of watching from afar just because I played there and I still understood and I still you know represented and and you know, with the team, but I wasn't too just plugged into the everyday day-to-day stuff. And so now being that I'm doing a podcast, you know, I, I, it's, it's hard to give true, true, true input. If you don't understand what's going on, you know what I'm saying? Right. With the team and the moves that they're making. So got to be a little more plugged in. So now, you know, I was in the yeah. off season kind of keeping up from afar and now that we're getting into training camp, getting into the season, you know, kind of locking in more, you know, learning more guys. It was good for me to get out there so that I could see more guys, learn their names, their faces, understand who these guys are so that when I'm talking or I'm making comments, at least I know exactly who I'm talking about. And it's not just a name. Yeah. So with you being more tapped in and this now being year two of this new regime coming in since the Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn regime ended in 2020, What's your thoughts on what Campbell and Brad Holmes are building here in Detroit right now so far? Well, I think they're doing a good job. I think they're off to a great start with what they're what they're building. You know, um, I think they they got some very solid pieces, uh, especially on the O line, guys on the D line that they're trying to build from the inside out. They want to build this team around being a tough team, a gritty team, and you know you can't be soft in the trenches if you want to call yourself a, a tough team. If your O-line's not tough, if your D-line's not tough, then how can we call you a tough team, right? So they got some very, very, very solid pieces there. You know, the linebackers, the the DBs, the the backs, you know, they practice hard. They're building that culture of, you know, we got to work for it. They they know it's not going to be given to them. They know as the Detroit Lions nationally, you don't have much respect. And then obviously coming off a 3-13 and season, it's not going to be a lot of teams that fear you, right? Even though you played some close games last year, even though you played, you know, good football towards the end, they're not going to fear you until you put that fear in them. So they're going to have to come out and show early on that they can be contenders. And hopefully they can, I don't want to say sneak up on some people, but I mean, you may look up the first four or five could take them lightly and they could end up, you know, starting out pretty good. Wow. Right. So, so this is a, piggyback off what you said right now about the teams even though the Lions you know finished strong and you know played hard teams still may take them lightly do you, like is that the case with the Detroit Lions like teams might still take them lightly well I think that's just that's just the way it is you can think about it these players are we're normal people 
You know what I'm saying? So nationally, when you mention the Detroit Lions, the world is not going to say, oh, they are winners. They're going to say, oh, that's the Lions, right? And until you go out and prove that you can win consistently, nationally, you're not going to get the respect. Even in the media, ESPN, you know, like they're not going to give Detroit Lions the respect until they win consistently. That's just how it is. They can win three or four games, and they're still going to say, yeah, but it's the Lions. We expect something to happen, and they're going to go down here, right? That's just what they say. So the players are no different. Like when, you, when you're living in a Houston market or a L.A. market, I mean, you're not hearing about the Detroit Lions. You're not sitting there worrying about those guys like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, when you got Stafford or you got Calvin Johnson, you got marquee Hall of Fame type names, yeah, you're going to be worried about Calvin Johnson, but they don't have Calvin Johnson anymore, right? right. So yeah. nationally, these guys are going to be like, oh, that's the Detroit Lions. Yeah, they're going to play tough, but we're going to win in the end. So they got to go out and prove that that's not the case. And it was the same way when, when I was there, you know, in 2013. We were the same way. We were the Detroit Lions. In 2014, we were the same way, right, until we showed them that we were different. Right, we came out opening night Monday night. We beat the Giants. Okay, we go to Carolina and we lose, but then we come back against Green Bay and we beat Green Bay at home. Right, and then boom, we start rolling. Next thing you know, it's like, oh man, the Lions are six and three, seven. You know, you know what I'm saying. So you just got to go out and win those games. You got to go out with have that chip on your shoulder and show that we're for real. And until you do that, you're not going to get the national respect that as a fan you may feel like the Lions deserve right but nationally you got to go out and prove it right 100% hey prime podcast listeners it's your boy Malcolm here and if you're a sports better like me let me tell you about odds traders odds traders is a place to compare all odds from all major sports books you can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotional codes from different sports books to get the best deal this app also provides player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather so the bettors can make the most informed bets as possible. This app also has bet trackers so bettors can keep records of all their games and betting activity. Looking to maximize your bets? Go to oddstrader.com slash bluewire. Again, that's O-D-D-S-T-R-A-D-E-R.com slash Blue Wire. Oz Traders, the number one site for your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you played, did you guys ever look down on opponents like, like let's say for example Cleveland or someone? When you guys played, I mean, you said it's natural for a player. Did you guys ever do that? Under when I played in general, or when I played with the Lions. When you played with the Lions. When I played with the Lions, no. You mean 
we didn't look down on anybody because by the time I got to the lines, you know, I was I was in year five and that was my first year there. And then I go into year six. And so now you're at a point where you've pl played enough games in the league. You've played enough bad teams that beat you, good teams that you beat, that you understand that doesn't matter who you're playing against. It's all right. about who shows up on Sunday. These are NFL football players. These guys are good. It's all about how you show up on Sunday and who shows up on Sunday. You know, I used to always feel like if a team is bad, they're going to come out playing hard because everybody wants to win. But the minute they start going back, then they're going to understand, well, I mean, we lose every week, so this is just another week. But the minute you give them some air, they're going to feel like, oh, maybe this is the week that we can win. So when a team is struggling or a team is down, you can't come out and feel like you're just going to walk over these guys. No. If you look at the film, there's reasons why they're losing games. And it may be you know, a blown coverage here. It may be a missed tackle here. It may be, you know, bad O-line play there. So you got to attack those things and do those same things. You got to create situations where they can have blown coverages because if you just come out and be super generic, they got guys that can cover. They got guys that can play. So you just got to go out and if they're a bad team, you got to make them continue to be a bad team. But if you don't and you play as a bad team, now it's the battle of the bad teams, and, and they may win at, on, on that day. Do you think that Tracy Walker and Deshaun Elliott can be a good duo? Like, do you think they complement each other well? You watched them for, like, I think a couple days, you said. Do you see the chemistry between them, Foreman, or what do you see with those two guys? Well, you know, I, I saw them for basically one day because the first day I was there, I didn't really practice in pads and do, or do much. It was more of a lighter day, special teams day. Um, but the second day I watched them, and – you know, I I don't know because I I don't I don't feel like I got to see enough um, of them to know who's going to be who, right? Because Tracy, his role since he's been there hasn't been just a true free safety, right? And he hasn't been just a true strong safety. He's kind of rolled roamed around, right? He can play back if he need to. You know, he can play down in the box as, you know, as needed, cover tight ends as needed. But what is he? Is he a strong safety? Is he a free safety? Right? I don't know Deshaun Elliott as well, and I haven't seen him play. Looking at his body while, while I was there, he looks more like probably a strong safety. He looks a little big, like he could be like a guy that's in the box. Can he play in the post? Probably so. We'll have to see. But when you start talking about tandems, you know, like I said, you want guys that can that can make plays, right? I don't want just a guy that can play in the box and a guy that can play in the post. I want a guy that can play in the box and make plays in the box, right? right. Can you be a good run stopper? Can you be a good blitzer? Can you be a good cover guy, right? I want guys that can, you know, play in the post. Can you be a good open field tackler? Can you be a good, you know, cover guy? Can you be a good ball hawk? Can you turn the ball? Can you do those things? That, that's what I want to see when I'm talking about a like a good duo, not just guys that can play the position. We want guys that can play and, and can and can really make plays there. Kind of like you. I remember that one game versus the Saints. You told uh, is it James Ahedabo? You guys called him Diggs. You basically told him, let me get this, and you snatched that pick. And you basically you set up the game when he touched down to Fuller. Yeah, I mean, you know, th things like that happen, right? But right. you got to be able to be interchangeable. But our role was carved out. Diggs right. was the in-the-box guy, and I was the deep, the deep guy. guy. Yeah. So Diggs was playing really well in the box. He was good in the run game. He was good in there. He forced a bunch of fumbles. He get in on the sacks. Like, he was a good guy for us in the box, and then I was a good guy for us deep in the post. So now we got a, a compliment, right? Like, I'm not trying to steal his shine in the box. He's not trying to steal my shine in the post, right? right? But now we can play the game. So we're showing Drew Brees the same thing every single play. Digs down, I'm back. Digs down, I'm back. Well, why not switch it up in a crunch situation and make it look different, right? right. And, you know, he throws the ball and it, and it works out great. We make, a, we make an exciting play. But, I mean... You got to be able to do things like that. But our roles were solidified in who we were. He was a down guy. 
I was the bad guy. When I played with Lewis Demas, we just played left and right. So they always knew I was going to be on the left side of the defense. He was going to always be on the right side of the defense. That's just how it was. And that was what he wanted to do. When I got there, he told me, he's like, hey, man, I like playing on the right side. Because he was left-handed. He was left-handed. So when yeah. he go to tackle, he want to tackle with his left, his left shoulder. So Makes if you're sense. playing on the right side, most of the time you're tackling on your left shoulder. So I understood that because I'm right-handed, so I like to tackle on my right shoulder. Right. Um, so when he said that, I was like, all right, cool. But now we were, you know, depending on what the coverage was and, and what the formation was, would determine who was down and who was back. It was never just a GQ's always down and GQ's always back. So either way, you just got to be able to compliment and play off each other. I agree. 100%. So the Detroit Lions right now, in their, if you're looking at their secondary in the corners, they're really inexperienced. I mean, I think the oldest guy is what, Amani? Uh, Amani Warrior at, what, 26? Um, should the Lions fans be concerned about the inexperience at, at the cornerback position? You know, should they be concerned? I mean, as a, as a true fan, if I'm speaking from a fan perspective, I would say, of course, right? You got a money coming off of, you know, a great year but in the nfl it's can you do it again right can you right. can you have another good year can you be looked at as that guy that we can count on game in game out year in year in year in year out to be that guy right but then on the other side you got two guys that haven't proven it week in and week out right you got uh jeff okuda who hasn't had the success that they expected when they drafted him right um has had to deal with injuries you know i don't think he has maybe one interception on his career i think i remember him catching one yeah. against arizona yeah. maybe yeah you're um right. right yeah you're right you know right and then yeah. you got will harris who just you know converted from a safety to a corner right and then all those guys are young right so if tracy is the oldest safety he's the oldest defensive back at 27 who who are your older corners who who's your veteran corner that's that's leading those guys that's that's teaching those guys that's helping those guys you know mentally prepare for a game right they only know what they know that's just how it is you only know what you know and what you don't know you have to learn well a lot of times you have to learn it from somebody that knows it somebody that can teach it to you right and so that's why it's good to have that veteran guy in the room even if he's not playing he's just good to be in there to be at practice to be in the meeting rooms talking through situations, talking through coverages, because he knows what's going to happen in the game, right? It's not going to always be or look exactly how it looks on the film because they're going to make it look different, right? So, yeah, we practice it this way, but what happens if they come out in the game and do it this way? How are we playing this? What could happen if they do this? We got to go through all those scenarios because – we need to be proactive, not reactive. We can't come to the sideline and start going over those scenarios after they done threw a 60-yard bomb on us already. Now we're losing 7-0. Like, right. we got to be proactive. We got to know going into the game, right, how we're going to how we're gonna approach it. And so that's where I feel like as a fan, you could be concerned because you know they're going to play against some really good receiving cores, right? They're going to play against some really good receiving cores. And the biggest way to hurt your team and the biggest way to, you know, lose games is giving up big plays in the passing game. Right. right. So having a, a completely young secondary, I, 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 as a fan, I would be concerned. Now, understanding those guys' talent, understand what those guys have the potential to do, I would say if they can get to that point, they could be really good. But how quickly can they get to that point? We don't know. Um, when do they make the decision on Will and Jeff? All right. Or do they just let them keep balancing it out? And it's week to week. Whoever plays good week one, they keep starting. If you don't, then we let the – like, how's that battle going to play out, right? So it's a lot of a lot of things up in the air with, with, with the secondary. And so we just got to wait and see. Uh, Campbell did say, like, he doesn't want to switch back and forth. But I don't know. Did you, did you see Akuda the other day? Like, how did he look? Did, did he look? I know he's healthy, but is he? Does he? I want to say, does he kind of look like the number three pick a little? Does has he shown a little some flashes when you saw him? Um, well, this this is the thing that got me. You know, 
I, I, I left there and I, and I talked to some of the guys and I'm like, guys, I just as a defensive back, a former guy, I want to see, I want to see guys going for more plays in practice. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not going to be dynamic in a game if you're not dynamic in practice. You're not going to just get into a game and just start magically making plays and catching picks and doing all those things if you're not going for those things and trying to make those plays in the game. And when I say trying to make those plays, I'm not saying you're negating your responsibilities or you're going away from your coverage to try to just go and make a play. I'm saying when you have an opportunity, you're you're going and you're attacking the ball to try to get it right you're trying to create turnovers either in the air punching the ball out from the running backs punching the ball out from wide receivers some kind of way i'm trying to create a turnover right and so in doing that you you train your body you train your body to be able to do those things in the game so with jeff the thing that i see is just lack of experience and lack of confidence right like all the talent in the world size i mean those their defensive backs all those guys are big i was sitting here like man when when did corners start getting so big like these guys are tall they were big i was like geez like they made me feel they made me feel tiny out there i'm like but when you've been hurt you're coming off an injury Right. And like I said, you haven't had the best start to your career that you would want to have as a number three overall pick. Right. So the confidence, the 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 injury confidence, the the scheme confidence, the skill, all those different things is what I see that's like has to come out. And how does it come out? It comes out from consistently at every day at practice, pushing yourself so that you feel like I can trust my body from the injury, right? Because sometimes you can be afraid and then you don't go as hard because you don't want to get hurt again. It sucks when you're hurt and you're hurt for a long time. So you just don't want to go through that again. So sometimes you feel like if I just kind of tiptoe halfway, I can protect myself from long-term or, or major injury right well then that hinders how you play the game yeah you know what i'm saying so just getting over that mental hurdle of an injury you know then getting over that mental hurdle of knowing the scheme learning the scheme going outside going on the field and being able to take what i've learned in the, in, in the film room what i've learned in the meeting room and put those things together and make plays see plays happening before they happen you know you, you hear a lot of times with quarterbacks what they say this guy see him coming open and he throws the ball. This guy waits until he get open and then throw the ball. Well, if you wait for him to get open, it's probably going to be an interception. You got to see him coming open. What's well, the same thing on defense? If you wait for the play to happen, it's probably going to be a, it's probably going to be a completed pass. You got to see it happening before it happens and you anticipate, you don't guess. You anticipate Oh, this is what it looks like. I look at my clues. Okay, this is what it looked like. This is what it looked like. Okay, this is what it is. And I'm gone. Not just kind of like, oh, oh, that's what you say on the sideline. When you see the play, you're like, oh, man, I, I knew they was going to run that play. It's too late. They ran it already. Right. So. Now, in the small sample size you have seen of Will Harris and Akuda, like we mentioned, that are both competing for that CB2 spot right now, who have you been more impressed with so far? Um, I, I Like I said, I don't really know yeah. because, you know, when I was there, I didn't see that much from either one in the, in the team stuff, right? I mean, you, you look at drills and stuff like that. I mean, that stuff doesn't really matter. You know, I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but – Anybody can have footwork. Anybody like you got to be able to translate those things into the game, into the practices, into the team situations, into the seven on sevens, and go out and make plays or go out and cover guys. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and say that I looked at those guys playing and play out intently, right? I'm just kind of watching everything and watching the offense. I'm watching the defense. I'm watching the secondary. I'm seeing who's talking. I'm seeing who's moving, who's communicating, 
who's in like I'm trying to see all those things, who's aligned properly, and trying to see who just jumps out. Who do I look up and say, man, this guy just keeps making plays? Like, who is this guy? Who who is this kid right here, number whoever? Right? He just keeps making plays. I don't know what his name is, but he just keeps showing up. That's what you're looking for. And you know, I don't know if I saw that, but like I said, I was only there for one day, really. So I can't say that they haven't been doing that. Right. Right. It's football. Just it happens like that. You know, they did a bunch of red, I mean, goal line, short yardage plays. That's not just drop back, throwing the ball 25 times. Right. So it's a it's a. I need more of a sample size for me to say who I would go with out of Will and Jeff. I haven't I haven't saw enough. Now, let me ask you a question. I know you said that in the secondary, you haven't seen anybody that really like stood out to you. But what about in defense in general? Has anybody in the defense like stood out like, whoa, who's that guy on, on the defensive side? Um, you know, from highlights that you see, you know, you 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 look at looks like Jared is having a good a good training camp, right? I mean, I think he caught an interception at practice the other day when I was there. Yep. Right. Um, you know, and I remember when I was playing with JD. You know, he wasn't known as this, you know, interceptor or cover guy. He was more of a downhill run stopper type of guy. Um, but that was, you know, three, four years ago, right? So it looks like he's been having a good camp, but it's hard to see in one practice. Right. It's hard yeah, to see in tough. one practice. Yeah, and, it's, and especially when it's your first time really being back. Because you're trying to watch practice, you got people talking to you. You know what I'm saying? You're meeting this person. You want like, you know what I'm saying? So it's a lot going on, and you're trying to watch and you're trying to keep up. And then all of a sudden, you're here, you're there, you're you're, you're everywhere, right? Um. So, I don't know. Like I said, I only had one day. I only had one day. So what I will say is, I was impressed with the vibe. I was impressed with how they practice. You know, I wanted to see. Cause they did goal line period. And I was telling somebody, this was the only time that I even thought remotely about really putting the pads back on. This was the only time because they were doing goal line and Jamal scored a couple of touchdowns. And he was talking mad cash. I'm talking so mad. Mad This is, yeah, this, that's right. Know. And so that's cool. Like, I ain't hating on Jamal. Like, that's what you got to do to get your guys ready to go. But me on the other side, nah, boss. We can't let that happen. Mm-mm. We got to come. We're we going to have to bang a little bit. This, this, this goal line period just got real just it just got real and i wanted to see that from it like i wanted to see that one person that was just going to be like man i'm tired of this guy running in our end zone and talking smack you know what i'm saying like we had a thing we had a thing when we was doing goal line we wouldn't even let you in we could be doing walk through and we would not let the running backs run in the end zone we just wouldn't it could be jog through we we are Thudding you up at the goal line, and you are not walking into our end zone. And we'll pick you up and carry you back to the hub. Like, that's just how we took it. So if we was going to have a live period, oh, my goodness. No way in the world. So like Not like he was talking. So, like, but, you're saying, hey man, like, oh, my God. He, 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 he got in there a few times. I don't think, I think, you know, I think the offense, I left there feeling like the offense won those periods. So you feel like someone needs to step up on defense, kind of be more vocal, like can't let this shit happen to us, stuff like that? I do. And, you know, and I'm not saying they don't have that. Right, right, right I'm right. not saying that. I know, you know, they mentioned that, you know, Michael Brockers has, has turned into like the alpha guy around there and, you know, this and that. And that's good. I just didn't see it in the moment on the field when we were supposed to be in competitive mode. I didn't see it. Not saying it didn't happen. 
say I didn't see it. I could have been I could have been busy doing other things, but I didn't see it. And I left I left the period feeling like the offense the offense won the short yardage and the offense won the the goal line period. Yeah, but then the defense came back and I felt like they won the seven on seven. They won some team stuff. Um, but those two pairs, I, I felt like the offense had the upper hand. So I have another question. So like the Lions have AG and AP on their side. They don't necessarily have a veteran corner, but you think those two guys are kind of like that veteran because, I mean, AG played AP. I don't know if he played, but he's, he's regarded as like one of the best DBs coaches in the league. At least that's what we've heard. But you still think they need like a, a veteran player in there just to kind of like talk to them or like coach yeah. them up a little? Yeah, because AG is the defensive coordinator. Right. You got a lot right. of other things to think about than just the secondary. Yeah. Right. He can't be there for every drill during practice. Right. right. He got to go watch the linebackers. He got to go be with the D lineman. He got to do it. He got like he can't be with the DBs every single time. Yeah. Right? Um, AP. Hmm. Right. Great guy. He can't be like you can't just be all the time because you got a lot of guys. Are you working with the corners today? OK, well, then who's working with the safeties? Are you working with the safeties today? Well, who's. Right. So when you got a veteran guy that's in that group, right? So you got a veteran corner or you got a veteran safety and y'all got that understanding that you know that he know when he can be that guy that's helping. Well, then now AP can say, okay, well, I'm going to spend more time with my safeties to get those guys going because I know this guy can coach up the corners. Right. So my first year there, if y'all remember, we had Rasheen Mathis, right? Yeah. Rasheen Mathis was a veteran corner that he can coach up a young Slay, right? He can talk to a young Bill Bentley. He could help those guys, right? Yeah. And then you had me and Louis Delmas my first year. Then my second year, obviously, we still had Sheen, but then now we had me and you had James ahead of both. So you had two veteran safeties, and then you had Rasheen Mathis as a veteran corner, right? So now you got Rasheen. And you got a young slay, right? And so you got coaches that understood the players and this and this and that. So we had a good veteran group. I mean, between me, between Sheen, and between James Ahedebo, I mean, we were looking at 20-plus years in the NFL. I mean, Sheen was bringing us probably 12 or 13 by himself. And I was in, what, year five? Diggs would have been in year probably seven, six or seven. So – we had veteran guys, veteran leadership, and we all had the, the work ethic. We all had the, the mental side of things to understand that. Sorry, guys, this is sun comes right through my shade yeah. right here. No worries. Dark <laughs> no, you're good, man. Don't, don't worry, man. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, so we had that. They don't, they don't have that guy, right? And I remember doing training camp when I first got there. We had – they had brought in Chris Hope, right, who was – uh, a veteran safety. They had brought him in, and no, he didn't make the team, but he was there with us through training camp, just providing pivotal insight, right? As a safety, as a veteran guy. No, he didn't make the team, but the things that we learned, the things that we that we asked and talked about, especially for me, he came a, a good friend of mine, and those two or three weeks was invaluable. So I just think you need that in the group, not a coach somebody that you can just talk to every single day because those guys are coaches. They got other stuff they got to get done. You right. know what I'm yeah, they're available, but they got other stuff they got to get done. Staff meetings, this and that. They're not sitting in a cold tub with you when you, you know what I'm saying? Like you can have conversations and learn so much about players just from being in the locker room, being in the cold tub, being in the weight room, being in the training room, being in the cafeteria where players hang out, right? And so having a veteran guy, he's going to always be around. And the information that he can bring in is just invaluable. GQ, you know, looking at a guy like Tracy Walker now, he's entering his fifth year in. I know in 2018, that was your last year in the league and last year with the Lions, and you had a young Tracy Walker, and he had guys to lean on like yourself. He had Slay. He had Kawandre. And now we mentioned, no, he's the oldest guy in the room. Do you think Tracy at that point of his career now, he could be – what you were to those young guys at the time, like a Tracy Walker in 2018 or, um, you know, when 
Kawandre was leaning towards you at his young career. Do you think Trace could be that guy for the young guys now? I mean, I, I think so. I think, you know, and, and I had a conversation with him about this because it's difficult because Trace is in a situation where he probably feel like he still got stuff to prove to himself, right? Like he probably feels like he wouldn't have a problem if he had somebody that was over him to continue to help him get to the point that he wants to be in his career. He Like he's kind of like that guy that's thrust into a role, right? Well, you just got to be the leader because you're the oldest guy, right? But he's just still, in my opinion, wants to learn from somebody because even though he wasn't the oldest secondary member, I mean, ever since Quandre's left, he's kind of been the oldest kind of safety, right? Like that, that was playing, right? So he had me for one year, he's young, and then he had Quandre for a half a year. So for the last three and a half, two and a half years, like who's been there to mentor, talk to, teach, help Tracy Walker to become the best player? Or has he just been trying to figure it out on his own? I don't know. Yeah, that's a that's a good question, man. That's it's, it's tough. Hopefully, I mean, hopefully he can be that guy, man. That's that's what we're hoping for. <laughs> but us as fans, we need him to to be that guy and, and to like fill that role. Right, quickly. and and th- and this is what I told Tracy. I tell you guys exactly what I told Tracy. Inside scoop. I said, when you're the leader, and you are the guy, you have to know your stuff so well, know your technique so well that when you come into the building, it's not about you. It's about everybody else. Because you need to know everything that you can about everybody that you play with. Because you got to understand how they feel. And it's very, 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 very difficult. But I need to talk to Jeff so much that I understand and I know what makes him comfortable, what makes him uncomfortable, what makes him tick, what don't make him tick. I need to know that because in a game and I look out and I see a situation, I need to know Jeff don't like this right here. You know what? I'm going to cover him up a little bit to make him feel a little comfortable, right? I may put myself in a bad, in a worse situation, but I'm me. I can handle where I can get to where I need to be, but I want this guy to feel comfortable so he can go out and make a play, right? When I'm in, like, when you're in there early, right? Yeah, you may feel like, well, I already know the plays. I don't have to, right? But it doesn't matter if you know him. If this guy doesn't know him, we're only as strong as the weakest link. So I'm telling him, why do you think I used to spend – 45 minutes extra time meeting with the linebackers on a day where I could have been going home. I didn't have to stay after and talk with the linebackers, but they're a part of the coverage. So why not try to help those guys? We're the ones out there playing. I want to know how they, I want to know what they don't understand that. I want to know what they like, what they don't like, because if I know what they like, I can try to help them make calls that they can do what they do best. Even if it put myself in a bad situation, I put the onus on me because I was that guy. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't want to say I'm LeBron, but LeBron is going to put himself in a worse situation to make this guy feel better. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. If LeBron is only worried about him, how do you bring the other guys along? and make them guys feel better. You got to make those guys feel like superstars. You got to make them feel like they can cover, beat, do any and everything, and you got their back. So that means you got to get up earlier. You got to study more at home. You got to do more things so that when you come into the building, I'm trying to know my teammates better. I'm trying to help my team. I'm talking to everybody, making sure everybody's good, what they like, what they don't like. Okay, I'm just taking notes, and it's every day. It's at practice, going to them, seeing stuff in practice. Hey, man, why'd you do this? What were you thinking? Right? Okay. I just want to know your thought process. I just want to know what are you thinking 
So when I see you in a game, because you know in a game, it's 80,000 people. So I can't just talk to you. I got to be able to look at your body and know, oh, he finna go blitz. I don't think he know what the coverage is. He finna go blitz. Oh, snap. I need to, I need to like cover him up because he finna go blitz. He ain't yeah. supposed to be blitzing. And that stuff happens. And then he takes off and blitz and his guy's wide open. And then you come in and you make the tackle and you go to him like, hey, man, what were you doing? Well, I thought it was this. No, it wasn't that. Right? And you live to yeah. play another down. But if I don't know that, I'm running to the middle. Why? Because that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then, boom, he blitzes. They throw a ball and he catches it. Now, I'm in a bad situation because I got so much space. I can't make the tackle in space. Kids run for a touchdown, and the whole secondary looks like trash. Yep. Right? Yeah. So instead of being able to cover him up and make a play to where, yeah, it was a busted coverage, but they only got 10 yards, and we can talk about it and fix it, or I can run to the middle like, oh, I did my job. But the whole secondary looked like trash because the guy's running wide open. You know what I'm saying? So you got to be able to know those things. You got to be able to see those things. You got to be able to, it's not about you. It's about everybody else. And if you can get to that point to where you feel that good about yourself, your technique, your fundamentals, that you can focus on the other guys to make sure they're playing up to that level, y'all be solid. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like we just got. Uh, leadership one-on-one by teacher Grover <laughs> Quinn just now. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Yo, GQ, man, Um, this is like a million-dollar question that I know a lot of fans been wondering because I know you've been with um, Jim Caldwell, who you really liked, you liked a lot. Um, So you saw that regime. You felt like that regime was going the right direction. Then you saw, I call him Pencilhead, um, known as Matt Patricia, where you saw things going downwards. Now, with this regime right here, do you see this regime going in the right direction? I do. But this is the thing about the NFL. <laughs> this is the thing about the NFL. Being a good guy doesn't win games. Wins. Right? You can have the best environment, family, friendly, players love you, all these things. That doesn't win games. It contributes. But it doesn't win games. So the players got to go out there and win games. Otherwise, they're not going to keep Dan Campbell just because he's a good guy. If so, they would have kept Jim Caldwell. They're not going to keep you just because you're a good guy. If you're not winning and getting them to the level that they feel like they want to be at. Now, because of what happened with Jim Caldwell, made by Dan Campbell extra year or two if they're not winning right because it's hard to find good coaches that are good men and 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 that can that, that can lead the program right we saw that how it went from you know one guy to another and it's not always greener right so they'll learn from that and they'll understand okay well we got a good guy we just got to get wins so we're not gonna blow the ship up right now we're gonna we're gonna try to give it some time right because we don't want to make that mistake again, right? But at the end of the day, I like what they're doing, but it's a player's game, and you got to play the game. And so the players got to come through and and get wins and, ha- and have the coaches back. Otherwise, everything is hindsight. Everything is hindsight. A coach – I mean, you cannot practice Monday through Friday. If you win every game – Everybody's going to be like, hey, man, we don't even go out and practice, but we be fresh when we go to the games. We study all the time. We don't ever go outside and practice, and we won 12 games, right? Was that the best thing to do? I don't know, but we won 12 games, so I guess it worked out, right? And we can go out there and practice hard every single day and lose 12 games. Was that the best thing to do? Well, sure, maybe we should have not practiced like those guys. They won 12. We working every day, and we lost 12. You see what I'm saying? So nobody knows the true formula. Yeah, hard work, this. Like, I remember when I was in Houston, my, the last four games, we were five and seven. The last four games of the season, we completely stopped practicing on Fridays, walk through every Friday, just walk through. We won the last four games. You we told ended up us nine and seven. Yeah, you told us this story. Yeah, you did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So nobody knows the answer. Everybody just wants the results. Whatever you got to do to win on Sunday, do that. If it's practicing, Every day, do that. If it's not practicing, do whatever you got to do, win on Sunday. 
So if you were the GM, like Brad Holmes, would you sign like a veteran um, corner or veteran safety, like an older dude that's been in the league for a while? What was that question again? I missed it. I said I, like I if you were if you were the GM right now, Brad Holmes, would you bring in like a veteran corner or safety, like an older dude, maybe someone in his thirties or something? Um, I, I would look. I would look to it. I would look to it just to have another voice, you know, just to have a somebody that can, you know, provide a different perspective. Right. Um, I don't know who's available, you know. Um, yeah. But if someone's available, I don't think it would be a bad idea. Like I said, we brought in Chris Hope. And no, he didn't make the final roster, but he was there with us for three or four weeks. Yeah. Right? He was there with us a lot during training camp so we can get that time and those games and those things and just kind of learn from – like I said, he didn't make the roster, but he was he was there for, for a little while. You know right. what I'm saying? And so that that is an option. If 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 they can find somebody that's that's willing to do that, you know, I think I don't think it could hurt them. I'll put it like that. But you also got to find somebody that vibes with your defensive backs, right? Right, that vibes and feels the same way that your coach feels. Because I've been in situations and seen where you get a veteran DB come in, and him and the young DB coach don't vibe because the veteran DB feels like. Uh, we don't need to do all this, 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 and that. But the young DB coach is trying to establish how he wants things done. Yeah. So now you got tension in the room between the veteran DB and the young coach or and the coach, right? So you got to have a situation where the coach and the DB kind of understand the same language. They feel the same way. They Their, their mental approach is kind of the same. So now they can echo the message. But the player making talk to them in a different way than what the coach may say, but they're echoing basically the same message. Got you. GQ, did you have an opportunity to watch Hard Knocks yesterday? Yeah, I did. I did. I watched it. Okay. So, you know, we see in Hard Knocks those assistant coaches going back and forth. I see Deuce Staley talking shit to AG every time his running backs are beating his defense up, whatever, right? And I'm just trying to connect it, you know, in your days. You had, I mean, Brian Stewart was there. I remember he was your guys' DP's coach at one point. Did you guys ever have anything like that, like Deuce and AG's competitiveness and your coaching staff like that? Um, no, nah, we I, I, not that I know of. I mean, we may have had um, um, nah, I I don't remember ever having anything like that. You know what I'm saying? And I mean, I'm not gonna say good or bad about it yeah. this, this is what i would say this is what i would say those guys are two former players right two former players mm-hmm. one's an offensive guy one's obviously a defensive guy so very competitive guys but at the end of the day you guys are not playing anymore it's about your guys right it's about your guys so I love the energy. I just wish Hard Knocks would have showed a running back or an O lineman or a D lineman or a defensive back or a linebacker that was like riding with their coach. You know what I'm saying? Just like, yeah, they're going at it, but I'm feeding off their energy. Yep. Right, so like I'm going at it with those guys because I my because I got my coaches back, or are we sitting back just looking at two former players talk noise to each other, like they not playing though, like you guys are playing, right? Y'all are y'all getting fired up because of that, or y'all looking at them like, man, they need to calm down, like. Yeah, they ain't I, even playing. You know heard, what I'm saying? I heard Jamal Williams today this morning. He was on Good Morning Football. He, he was telling – he said – he told Tracy Walker, he's like, we got to feed like that. He's like, we got to be like that when we're going at it in practice. Like, we got to feed off that energy like you just mentioned. Um, and it, it, you're right. We didn't see that in Hard Knocks. We didn't see the players respond. And I'm not saying they did or didn't. They just didn't show it. Right. But, but that's what Jamal was saying on Good Morning Football. Is like, we got to have that same intensity as those guys on the coaching staff. If they have that intensity, we definitely got to have it on the playing fields. 
but but that's the thing though and that's that's what i was talking about you know right. you shouldn't have to try to like that's just that's naturally in there yeah you think they sat in the meeting rooms like hey hey deuce we're just gonna go at each other <laughs> like you know what we're just gonna go at each other every day we're gonna talk uh, smack to each other you know i love you like a brother but this is just what we're gonna do to hopefully get the guys you know what i'm saying like no it's just yeah. naturally in those guys like i'm trying to go at you i'm trying to go at you like let's go right so as players you can't try to have like hey we gotta like we gotta go at it like no you gotta go at it like you go at it everybody is not made to be that guy like go at it how you go at it but if that's how you go at it then go at it like that and i felt like like i was saying from i felt like jamal was going at it like that he needed somebody on the defense to go back with him yeah that's what he was saying he mm -hmm. goes he was telling tracy that but he didn't yeah he mentioned that he just there was another guy having that same intensity as him kind of right that's what i sensed yeah all right well you guys got anything else for gq no nah, man that's a wrap gq yeah, man. A wrap, man it's always great having you on the insight you bring like <laughs> I'm sure our listeners love it. Just, I mean, you answer a question, but you give us like every detail. So you don't just answer and move on. That's what we love that about you, bro. So thanks for coming but, on. Well, that's that's what it's about, man. That's right. that's what it's about. I can sit here like everybody else and just answer a question. You yeah. guys have me on or another player or somebody on because you want to know the inside. Like you can have normal conversation with anybody. Right. You, know you can look. You can have anybody say. Hey, man, what do you think about the DBs? Well, I see what they show, man. It looks like the offense is killing those guys. And, you know, but like you want to get somebody that understands it, that's inside that can say, okay, this is what's going on. This is what you see. This is what you need to be looking for. This is, that's what you want. Like that's, that is why you have a guest on the show. That is why you have a partner that is a pro or that is, this right so they can bring their expertise all you guys probably got a different expertise one of you guys may be good with the editing one of you guys may be good with the this and that like and together right y'all put together a show right you know <laughs> Absolutely. What I'm saying? Like, yeah. i don't need to bring another editor on like i know how to edit i need somebody that can freaking give it the sound right like can we get the volume right you know what i'm right. saying so you can have anybody on that that can just talk football you bring me on or you bring another player on you bring a coach on so they can provide a different insight for your listeners people that want to know they want to know so i'm here to give them the information now i'm a player so i can't give everything and you know what i'm saying yeah, i respect yeah. the privacy of what's going on and i you know but i can i know how to talk and give you enough to where you can kind of get a sense without just saying this that or the other Right. GQ is giving insights how to start a good podcast up too. Not even just inside of football. He's giving insights how to get a podcast going right. How to start a podcast one on one by GQ, man. Let's go. <laughs> all right. No, With that being man. said, I hope you guys all enjoy GQ's inside. I always appreciate when he comes on, and I'm sure this won't be the last time we have him on. So, uh, GQ, thanks again for you coming on, and that's all we got for this week. And we'll see you guys. We got our first preseason game this Friday. Football is officially back i'm excited we're all excited so let's go baby let's go man see you guys later thanks for coming on gq cool man appreciate you all right you guys have a good one man all right Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, the trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.